are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. And coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about all three of these games against the Rockies. This series and our schedule with the podcast around this series got really, really weird. The first game, of course, was rained out, postponed, and then they played a doubleheader, and that doubleheader was anything but boring. Giants having a 10-run inning in the first game of the of the doubleheader, cruising to a nice easy win, and then looking like they were cruising to a nice easy win in the second game. And this is the the game that you remember. This is the game that you don't you kind of don't even want me to talk about because it was so painful that reliving it just seems like unnecessary torture. But the Giants, with their four-run lead in the ninth, Rockies scoring all their runs, I think, with two outs, end up coming back, putting a six spot on the board. And then today in the rubber match, where the Giants had a chance to end up winning the series anyway and having a 500 road trip anyway, the Rockies again put a six spot on the board. Thankfully, it wasn't the ninth. I mean, can you imagine if they did it in the last inning again? But... You know, it came earlier and the Giants just could not claw claw their way back into this game. They put some some pressure on the Rockies. I mean, in the ninth inning, you could say that Kurt Casale had the bat taken out of his hands. There was a check swing that would have been ball four and loaded the bases with nobody out. But instead, the first base umpire decided to ring him up. And so I look forward also to seeing the, you know, there's a Twitter account. It's not umpire auditor. I think it's umpire scorecards where they show the zone of the previous, all the previous days, home plate umpires. And it also shows the change in run expectancy based on the the three worst calls of the day in terms of the change in run expectancy. So if you call a strike on a pitch out of the zone with the bases loaded, you're taking a run off the board, at least because, you know, if it ends the inning, it could be you're taking the potential for even more runs off the board. So anyway, I look forward that to that tomorrow because that wasn't the only time in this game that the umpires kind of hurt the Giants with calls on the field. So anyway, I'm bitter. Can you tell that I'm bitter? I that I was all ready to celebrate the Giants being 19 and 11. Some of you have seen my videos that we do for Locked On that I put up on Twitter after games and I had my little I have my little light It's like a little box that I can put letters into, and it's backlit orange. And I was all ready to put in there 
the, their 19 and 11 record and have that in the background as I talked about the Giants sweeping the doubleheader, having the best record in the National League, being two and a half games up on the Dodgers and Padres in the National League West. I was ready, and I know you were too. And then Jake McGee, who we had just talked about on the mailbag as someone who I thought was going to improve and that you know the way he was going to improve was that he would stop allowing so many homers. Well, he didn't allow homers. It was just base hits this time and so much of the damage coming with two outs. I know you probably don't want to relive it, and I'm being completely serious when I say it was that kind of painful. My goodness. So the the first batter of the inning popped out, and then Rymel Tapia struck out with a runner on first. I'm, I didn't even remember. I blacked this out of my memory. They had two outs and one guy on down by four runs. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Then it goes single, double, single, pitching change, bloop, single, home run, ball game. So that's about as devastating as it gets. And it's tough as a Giants fan because their bullpen has done this a lot. Like we have been through a lot. It literally is taking years off of our lives. If we're fully invested in these games and something like that happens, it's unnecessary pain and suffering. Like a bullpen can do that to you. And that's especially when you're playing at Coors Field. And so that that's tough. Giants really, for all intents and purposes, I was ready to call them 19 and 11. It doesn't go that way. Coors Field, Jake McGee, Camilo Duvall's the guy who gave up the walk-off. The bloop single isn't out almost anywhere else, but because the outfield is so big, outfielders playing very deep, Steven Duggar was out there. If he can't get to it, I don't think pretty much anybody can get to it. So it falls in, and then you know two outs and two strikes, there's still just a swing and a miss or a pop-up or a ground ball away from winning that game, and boom, home run, game over. It's just unbelievable. It's a total nightmare and then they lose again, so that, it's tough. It's about as tough as it gets. I mean, thankfully, you know, it's the early part of the season. You imagine something like this happening in the, in the playoffs, so I guess it could always be worse. But anyway, we'll just continue this conversation coming up next. I promise we'll focus at least somewhat on the positives. The Giants, with their offensive explosion in the first game of the doubleheader, crazy historic-type numbers. But first, I want to tell you about the delicious-tasting Built Bar. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and nut-free flavors. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. It is amazing that the Built Bar really tastes like a candy bar, but what astonished me as someone who doesn't like to eat a lot of sugar is just how low in sugar these Built Bars are, especially considering the taste. So they're great for a health-conscious person. Just looking through some of the nutrition facts, they're all high in protein. We're talking 17, 18, 19 grams of protein. And low in sugar, we're talking 4 or 5 grams of sugar. And they're low in calories as well. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at these, Michelle Fantacci's ring stood out to me as the one I'd buy as a gift. It's a conversation piece, so unique and cool. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 1010 only at BlueNile.com. All right, as promised, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to get through it together. Eventually, by the end of this podcast, we will have processed all the information, and I promise you we're going to turn the page we're going to look a little bit on the bright side. We're going to stay realistic, but we will also look on the bright side because there are a lot of positives. I mean, it's not like the Giants are 10 and 20 or something. They're 18 and 13. Like forgetting how it happened, any of us, literally any of us would say that, you know, if we were polled at the beginning of the season, how would you feel if the Giants record, if you could guarantee it was going to be 18 and 13 through 31 games? We all would have signed up for that. Like, let's not forget that. But that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. I understand because it's what could have been. They could have been 20 and 11, right? They they legitimately, you know, if they win that second game, I think the third game is probably a little easier to win. And that's what we've talked about on this show from time to time. You know, we are a numbers-oriented show, or at least we do not shy away so we do that on the show, but also the psychology. There's no doubt to me there's some psychology involved. And so coming off a brutal loss like that in the second game of the doubleheader, I think it does have a carryover effect into the next day. But even so, I mean, the Giants jumped out to a two-run lead on a Brandon Crawford home run in game three today. And, and you know, it was Logan Webb, though, on the mound starting for the Giants and he was rolling through three, but then the fourth inning, things just got weird, and they end up giving up six runs. Matt Whistler comes in, bases loaded against the pitcher, and he gives up a single to the pitcher on the first pitch. Then he gets ahead of Rymel Tapia, and on an 0-2 pitch, he gives up a single that scores two runs. So all of those runs ended up mattering. The Giants lost by one. So Matt Whistler just, once again, not getting it done. It's really frustrating. I know you guys You guys have had probably, I mean, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I have tried to be patient with the bullpen, but it's games like that. Like, I just don't have a lot of patience for that type of blow up. Like, you just, you're going to have to find some relievers who are capable of being a little bit more automatic that you can go to in a big spot. So that type of thing just doesn't happen. There's got to be someone you you can just bring in and be like, okay, 
this game is over. But right now, you don't have that feeling, although Tyler Rogers continues to be pretty much lights out. I put up on Twitter his kind of career numbers, actually. I mean, they were numbers since 2019, which is when he made his Major League debut. And among all relievers with at least 60 innings since 2019, uh, National League relievers, I wanted to kind of limit it to pitchers who are generally facing the same guys. And in the National League, you get to face a pitcher, whereas in the AL, you don't. So anyway, I'm trying to make it as fair as possible. But anyway, there's like 75-ish relievers who qualified here. And Rodgers is in like the top five in everything you would care about, like earned run average, fielding independent pitching, ground ball rate. He's like second weak contact. He's like third hard hit contact. He's first. And when I say first... I mean, he gives up the least amount of hard contact of anybody, any National League reliever since 2019 with at least 60 innings over that span. So anyway, I do think if the Giants had like a one-run lead going into the last inning today, they would have probably gone to Tyler Rogers. So he's probably earned that opportunity. But even so, I mean, I've talked about how Tyler Rogers makes me nervous. I don't really have the numbers to support why I feel that way. I think I've kind of landed on that it's there's more balls in play, so there's more of a chance for weird things to happen. But at the end of the day, whether it's because he doesn't allow a lot of home runs or because he doesn't allow a lot of hard contact, ultimately he's preventing runs better than pretty much everybody else. But at the same time, still makes me nervous. A lot of balls on the ground, though. Just a lot of balls on the ground, not a lot of home runs. And he finds the strike zone. He doesn't really walk people. So anyway, that was kind of a tangent. But I do think he would be the guy if that opportunity came up in this game today. And so look, moving forward, Giants will have an off day tomorrow. Then they will play the Padres for the start of a homestand on Friday. That'll be a three-game series that runs through Sunday, Mother's Day. So it's a different environment. I think the guys are going to be happy to come home. The offense kind of woke up a little bit, so that's a positive that came out of this series. But at the same time, I think you're happy to get to sea level. You're happy to, you know, maybe the ball is not going to be falling in as much when, you know, your relievers are on the mound. But at the same time, I think we've kind of seen enough to, to say they might need to make some changes in the bullpen. So coming up next, we eventually will talk about the Giants' offensive explosion. It was a sight to behold with them scoring 10 runs in the top of the first inning in the first game of the series. You would think that would be an, a good omen, right, for the rest of the series, but not to be. At least they won that game, right? If they had lost that game, that would be uh, unbelievable. As it was, it was unbelievable enough, but at least they won the game where they had a 10-run lead before Aaron Sanchez even took the mound. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses, and contest information. 
don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as promised, we're going to come we're going to finish processing what we've just seen. It's honestly therapeutic for me to talk this out. So hopefully you find it beneficial. Also in some ways, we're just going to, you know, it's a long season, so we're just going to process what happened, try to look at it in at least an objective way for part of the show, right? We can get emotional at times. But at the end of the day, like 2 and 4 on a road trip versus 3 and 3, it's one game, you know. I would say they just they really should have won one additional game. Although you could make a case they should have actually had a 4 and 2 road trip based on the run differential. I'm not sure I mentioned that yet, but they ended up outscoring the Padres in that series by 1. And then they won the first game against the Rockies by eight. So that's a plus nine. And then they lost on, you know, in the second game of the doubleheader by two. So then you're at plus six. And then they lost today by one. So that's a plus five run differential for the series. Yet you go, or for the road trip, yet you go two and four. So, yeah, I mean, they should have been three and three or four and two. But there's no should, right? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is they in some ways, deserved to have better results. And I think that's obvious, right? We can look at some of these scores and some of the ways that they lost games and say, yeah, under normal circumstances, you're going to win at least one more game in this trip and possibly two because the first couple games against the Padres were close. Lost by one in the first game, and then the the second game was close until the bottom of the eighth. It was a one-run game until the bottom of the eighth. So anyway, I want to look at the standings before we just give you a little bit of a taste of what went down in the first game of the doubleheader. But Giants have lost two straight, but they have a plus 30 run differential. Okay, so that's the second best run differential in the National League. The only team with a better run differential in the league is the Dodgers. Dodgers are scuffling. Dodgers have lost two in a row themselves. They're 17 and 14. They're playing the Cubs as I record this. And so the Giants are still going to be in first place at the end of the day because the uh, currently the Dodgers and the Padres are at, are one game behind the Giants. So let's just say both teams win. The Giants will still hold on to a half-game lead in the division entering tomorrow. So that's a real positive. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying. Any of us would take the 18-13 and 13 record if we didn't know how they got there. So in some ways, it's, you know, that's how you try to not let the psychology creep in. The psychology is human nature, but being kind of robotic about it, you'll take being five games over 500 after 31 games. And also the second best run differential in the league almost speaks even more to how they've played and and the outcomes they deserve, the good results they deserve even more than them being 18 and 13, which is currently not any longer the best record in the National League. The Cardinals on a six-game winning streak have taken over those honors at 18 and 12. 
So the Giants, they fall to 8-10 and 10 on the road. Really, like I said, one more road win, and then that's 9-9. Nine and nine. So their expected win-loss record is 19-12 and 12, uh, with that plus 30 run differential. So one game under the expected number of, of wins there, and that makes sense. They've blown some games that really they should have won, and they've lost some tight ones. They lost today by one losing yesterday by two, and they've had some blowout wins. And so moving forward, I mean, with a better and more clutch bullpen, you would expect them to perform better. Looking over to the AL, there's only a couple of teams that have a better record than the Giants, and that would be the A's and the Red Sox. So ultimately, like I said, 18 and 13, you will take that. Could have been better, but it's not. And so you know, hopefully with the off day at home, they can just relax, get their legs back underneath them. It's always tough going from altitude in Denver back to sea level. That's part of why the Rockies struggle on the road so much is the transition from altitude back to sea level. So it's actually good if you want to look at another positive that the Giants have an off day on Thursday. So looking ahead to the schedule, it's you know, you got to play the Padres again. That's the thing about playing in this division. A lot of games against the Padres and Dodgers. Giants haven't even seen the Dodgers yet, but it's a three-game series against the Padres. Johnny Cueto will be back and making the start on Mother's Day on Sunday. So that's good news. Mike Yastrzemski may also come back on Friday. So that's also good news. It's also like the Giants are playing so shorthanded right now. So the fact that they're 18 and 13 and they really should have won at least another game, they were in position to do so, speaks to their depth. I mean, they they didn't just get totally overmatched. They've been in all of these games. Tommy LaStella is hurt. Yastrzemski is out. Solano is out. Dickerson's banged up. He didn't start on uh, Wednesday. Buster Posey came out of the game. I'm not sure why he came out on Wednesday. Crawford has been banged up. Not sure if I already said that. Anyway, like I said, you know, I'll give you some of the good stuff. They scored 10 runs in the first inning in the first game of the Rockies series. Brandon Belt hit a grand slam in the first. He's like the first guy to have five runs batted in in the first inning in a long time. There's There were all kinds of records. You've probably read about them. I don't need to repeat them, but the Giants had 12 hits and 12 runs. Belt homered. Posey hit an opposite field home run. Crawford homered. They got Herman Marquez out of the game in the first inning. He only got two outs and allowed eight earned runs. So some real positives. If you look at kind of their offensive numbers, they've stabilized a little bit and they've been solidly above average overall on the season. And obviously the starting pitching has been great. So you say with those two things, that is completely fueling this team right now and the bullpen is the only thing kind of standing in their way. So we'll probably talk some more about that tomorrow. I think we'll end up doing a mailbag since, you know, this episode is covering all the games and then they're off tomorrow. But just a reminder, typically when there's like a night game followed by a day game, the next podcast is going to come out after the day game. So there's not, you know, a scenario where I talk about a bunch of games and then they kind of become irrelevant when a new game happens. So we'll have a podcast for you tomorrow regardless on Thursday. This one's coming out on Wednesday. Although some of you may be listening on Thursday, in which case look out for another episode 
today. And then we'll have one on Friday also. And that, I think, is going to be a crossover with Javier Reyes from Locked On Padres getting you set for the upcoming series. So anyway, I hope that, you know, that was therapeutic. If you have more comments, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspic. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. And you're always welcome to leave me a comment there. And I, I do my best to kind of respond to as many as I can. So if you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out tremendously. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. So until then, we'll see you next time.